listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something a little bit interesting, and pardon the pun, because we're going to be talking about interests. And I've brought on Vincent Ng, who is the president of MCNG Marketing and the author of Pinterest to Profits with Pentalysis, which is a step-by-step guideline on how to utilize Pinterest for small business owners. And I've met Vincent in person. He was actually one of the first people that I actually reached out to when I was trying to figure out how to build my business and if anybody else did what I did. And I called Vincent and I said, we or I emailed Vincent and said, can I talk with you? Because I just need someone to understand me. And we had a Skype chat and we were talking. It was like, oh, the clouds parted and we understood each other. So before I get too far down that rabbit trail of how we met, Welcome to the show, Vincent. Yay, I'm so happy to be here, Kate. Uh, and I'm I'm so happy and honored that I'm here. And you're right, like, I'm, I'm so glad you reached out. And now, you know, we're friends, which is cool. <laughs> I know, we got to meet this last April at Social Media Marketing World, which was really awesome and so many people. But what I loved is that there was this tiny little group of us who work on Pinterest who actually got to kind of geek out on managing Pinterest, which was kind of fun, and um, just learn more about what each other does. And you gave a talk at Social Media Marketing World, and I, that's what really sparked this topic of the podcast, you know, understanding how interests work for Pinterest. So before we dive into that, tell us a little bit more about you and how you got started on Pinterest. Yeah, I started on Pinterest, um, oh, I can't remember, back in the, the beta days. I wasn't really too serious about it. Um, but I mean, it was, to be honest, I, I started off as a social media marketer, realized I'm in the land of Hootsuite, which is Vancouver, um, tons of social media marketers here, and nobody was really focusing on Pinterest. And I think, Kate, you kind of relate to that as well. So. Yes. I decided here was a network that was able to grow 10 million users really quickly, fastest, I think, in the U.S. ever um, for an independent site. And I said, there's, there's something here. And I love the fact that this thing was driving traffic. Like you click on a picture, it goes there. Uh, and I, I love visuals. I, I used to do a lot of comic art. Um, I love seeing things. And, and that's what really drew me in. And I, I thought, okay, here's a network that has great potential. Uh, and uh and so far, I haven't been wrong, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, good job. Okay, so then did you, um, when did you start really, I guess you work with clients, which is one of the ways that we connected and that I loved is that there are um, people who do Pinterest marketing, but there's not very many who have a list of clients. And so when did you start branching into getting specifically Pinterest clients? Uh, Pinterest clients, I would probably say that was back in, in 2010. Uh, I had made uh, the shift from uh, writing about just kind of general marketing, social media advice on my blog, and I decided to go full on. And like you're saying, this was at a time when I would say it was still pretty risky. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's always hard to say. Uh, I, I know you and I have used Blab, and we've heard different things about where that goes, right? Yeah. So there's always mm-hmm. that risk element. But but I, I really thought that if, if and, and it sounds weird, but really do your research, because I feel women really do a lot of the trending. 
So if women can really catch on to a social network and they're using it for practical purposes and they're using it for future aspirations, um, and I kind of did the research, so this makes sense, and I think this is going to be something that's big. Uh, that's why I switched over. So I took a chance, and, and I feel like it Pinterest didn't really gain momentum until two, three years later. Um, but I think that, that that's what really attracted me, is the women, the amount of users that they adopt quickly, and just the fact that it's a fun social network. It really is. Yeah, and in the last two to three years, we've seen so many changes. And one of the changes to kind of segue into what we're talking about was that, you know, when you're a new user, you would open up the account and it would say, here's 10 people you should follow. And I actually remember that when I opened my very first account, I think it was in 2010, and a friend had invited me. And I waited forever for the invite, by the way. I was like on pins and needles. And when I finally got it, it prompted me to follow all these people. And now it's changed. So can you talk a little bit about that shift and what a new user will encounter now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to digress a little bit here because I think, Kate, you've had this happen with your clients and maybe people are listening. You're going to wonder this too. Um, when people, like Kate was saying, when we first started off, uh, people were required to follow people, which is kind of the reason a lot of these people have millions or hundreds of thousands of followers. Yes. So I want to make Correct. that clear because a lot of people still have that, I think, image in their head, Kate, that there's like, I'm going to get like 10 million followers or yeah, 5 million. Yeah, do. No, that's a really good thing to note because I think it, it creates this a uh, false expectation that can be a really huge letdown. Yeah, and I think that, and that's why a lot of the the old users, I would say, uh, have all these followers. And if you've, and I think Kate um, knows this as well. We all seen this in the industry. Um, I haven't heard anybody in the last two years that told me they built up a million followers in two three years. I've I yeah. have not yet heard one single brand. I haven't either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course, what that leads to is the fact that um, they shifted, and now what Pinterest has users do is that they get them to follow interest categories. Um, So what they get them to do is instead of following specific people or boards, you might follow a topic like travel or it might be um, fashion, but they really get you to follow these topics before you're kind of allowed to use Pinterest to its full capabilities. Okay. So why do you think Pinterest made this switch from followers to interests? Uh, To be quite honest, I I think it's a it's a business decision um, yeah. when you definitely have uh, an account with 4 million or 5 million users. Uh, let's be honest, those that's a huge audience and you're taking away advertising money from Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they kind of realize like, wait, there's money to be made. And if, if we are losing just even $5,000 um, per advertiser, that goes to an influencer, that's a lot of money. So I think they made this switch over to interest, uh, partially for business reasons. And according to them, it was really the fact that they were trying to make Pinterest more relevant to um, to the people that were new. So instead of trying to follow a user that might have like travel boards, or they might have fashion boards, or even the fact that they might have like a board for frogs, um, which mm-hmm. they follow all of them, um, now they can kind of follow like a topic about frogs if they love frogs and they get that relevant material. Right. Yeah. And I, I think too, I agree with what you said. I think it was really that move towards the ad platform and also really trying to maximize their search, which their search would then funnel into the ad platform. So, I mean, it makes, it makes sense. It's a business move and they're, they're a company that needs to make money at some point. So it makes complete sense. So I guess then we're left with the question of 
and what I know I get quite a bit of is then how do we use interests um, for our business? Like how our Pinterest marketing, I guess I should say, like how can we really put them into action and um, I guess utilize them or even understand them? I think that is also a key of it. So maybe that's a two part question of how do we dig deeper to understand them? And then how do we use them in our Pinterest marketing, which you talked a little bit about this in your talk. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, it's a great question, Kate. Uh, so the first off is that when, uh, if it's still not clear, maybe I didn't explain it, but uh, so we talked about interest as these topics that people follow. Uh, right. And these interests are actually not generated by one specific person. It's kind of, um, it's curated by Pinterest itself. So, so when someone follows an interest, you might see um, those pins that says, again, picked from uh, backpacking Europe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the key to leveraging all this is that you obviously want to find the, the interests that are relevant to your, your business audience, or it could be your blog audience. Uh, so for example, one of the clients I, I, I work with um, was Matador Travel Network. And uh, again, we would go through, um, we would look through the categories. So if you go on a desktop and you, you see those three bars, I think it's the three bars, and it'll like yeah. drop down all these huge topics like fashion and and photography and all that. You click on on one of those, and you're going to see these tiles on the bottom. Now, when you click on those tiles, you'll see that not all of them, but generally, it'll have something like like a follow button, and it'll list how many followers that interest has. So it might be, uh, for example, travel. I think I, last time I checked, I think it's like a 35 million. I think it's actually more than that now. Um, oh, and there's wow. other okay. niche, yeah, like niche ones, such as like backpacking Europe, which I think is at uh, 180,000 or so. So don't quote me on that, but um, right, yeah, it's a high number. It's growing. It, it is, yeah. Uh, and so what? What? And basically, the gist of it is that for for you as a blogger or as a business, you can actually get your pins to show up on those interest feeds and reach people that aren't following your boards or accounts to actually see your pins. So imagine the fact that if you are part of, if you're a travel blogger and you're like, wow, I, I would love to expose my pins to 160,000, potentially not always additional people. Right. Um, you can name your a board after a specific interest. So if you notice that, hey, like backpacking Europe has 160,000 followers, uh, and there's activity, you know, people are pinning, um, you can name your board Backpacking Europe and actually increases your chances of showing on that particular interest feed uh, to the 160,000 followers so much more. Ah, okay. So I just clicked on travel and, um, you know, what the related topics that come up for me are like beach travel, budget travel, romantic travel. So let's say I'm going to do beach travel and I click on that. Then it's going to pull up for me, like you said, the follow button. And this has 267,000 followers. And so our goal, what you're saying, is to try to, let's say if we have beach travel, we want to try to get our pins into this type of particular interest feed, correct? Yep, you're spot on. Well, what are some ways that we could do that? Well, first off is uh, I want to mention is that not all interest feeds are created equal. So, for example, um, you might see an interest feed, as you said, like travel has like 35 million. um, Right. And then there's like you said, beach travel has 267,000. So you might be tempted to go, oh, the travel one 
since it has more followers, probably means that I'm going to get potentially more engagement, which is not necessarily true uh, because I found that with interest feeds that have lots of followers tend to also have lots of competition um, because a ton, I mean, literally there's millions of people naming their board travel. Right. So kind of a little bit like the Google SEO thing, like you're trying to kind of rank, if you will, for you're not compete. Yeah. And so you're right. You're trying to, you're trying to go with the niches that best fit your audience. And and for those familiar with SEO, it's kind of, it's the same idea of using long tail keywords. Um, In in this case, we're trying to use names that have a good niche followers um, that will, will increase your chances of showing up on a, uh, an interest feed like beach travel because there's less competition. Uh, and so when you are doing something like that, the, the very first thing that you want to do is to actually check the engagement on that interest feed. And what I mean by that is uh, scroll down maybe four or five times, um, click on, I would say, at least four or five pins and take a look at the recent activity on those pins from the last 24 hours or from, I would say, even in the last three days, is there a lot of repinning going on? If it is, then that's a really good interest feed that you want to show up for. Um, and in that case, the next step is once you found it, an engaged interest feed is that you want to make sure you name your board after that interest feed. So in the case you mentioned, Kate, about beach travel, we would name the board specifically beach travel. Uh, don't go nuts. Don't go beach travel, Jamaica, beach travel, <laughs> Florida. Don't do that because it actually uh, decreases your chances. Um, but the okay. hard work is definitely looking at the pins and, and seeing the past activity because if you find a good one, um, then your chances are just so much higher being exposed to those 200,000 plus people. Okay. And one thing too that I, I just noted as I'm kind of following it is that when I'm in that interest feed and I click on a pin, it's, it prompts me to follow if they have a rich pin, which is kind of cool because you are not only maximizing people following, you know, the interest piece, but then you've, you've kind of maximized them potentially following you as a user still, which is pretty cool because they give you that option there. So anyway, that's just a little side note that I noticed. Um, so what about pin descriptions? Um, surprisingly, pin descriptions aren't as powerful in terms of trying to show up on the interest feeds. Um, okay. Definitely, I would say the number one factor would be the board name so far uh, and just in, in terms of level of engagement as well. Um, so again, you can have a, a, a wacky pin description. I've seen a few of those as well. But of course, according to best practices, I, I don't recommend you just yeah. write anything Keyword down. Um, yeah. yeah, don't don't keyword stuff, but write a beautiful organic description. Again, the reason, like you mentioned, Kate, uh, we're you know you're exposing your pins to potentially new people, and the great thing about the interest feed is that once your pins start showing up on the interest feed, then then it if it keeps showing up, for example, if they can if Pinterest realizes, wow, people really engage with your pin, like these strangers that don't follow your account then they tend to show your pin again and again on the interest feed. So you want to have those beautiful descriptions that are keyword rich, but not keyword stuffed uh, and that really lure people into clicking on the pin. And like you're saying, it really rewards the content creators because once you click on it, there's like a follow button uh, for those content creators. And and that's where you're going to get, I, I would say, massive exposure instead of trying to build um, just, just your follower base. It's a good two prong strategy. Okay. Well, and yeah, I love this as I'm, I'm scrolling through, I'm kind of getting sucked into beach travel now. But what I love about it is you're right. Every single pin, the board that it originated from is beach travel. It doesn't have much to do with the pin description, like you said, 
those are kind of all over the map. But as I go through it, there's a few promoted pins, which I'm sure then targeted beach travel. But for the most part, um, every single board is titled beach travel. So I'm just, I'm super fascinated by this because I think it's also a great tool if you are just someone who's starting out to build your boards to look through these interest feeds first to come up with names for your boards. And you bring up a great point, Kate, in the sense that I think that there might be, um, the, the question is, do I need to have like a lot of followers or uh, does this work for new people that just jump in? Uh, and I can tell you like from my personal Pinterest account, uh, I've got like 170 followers and I remember um, naming after um, certain travel boards after interest. And even if you like my account had 170 followers, uh, you know, they were some of them were getting 20 and 30 repins, but the boards that were named after interest um, would get maybe one or two. And so I think that if you think that, oh, you need lots of followers to make this work, it's actually contrary. It works for people that have lots of followers, and it also works for people that have like 100 or even uh, just a little bit over that. Uh, so this is a great way to expose your pins to a whole new audience without trying to get like a massive follower growth. Right. Okay, so this brings me to that next question. So this wasn't actually on our list, so this is a little bit, <laughs> this, I'm throwing a curveball. So if you're um, like setting up an account for somebody, um, would you, and maybe you have nothing to do with beach travel, but you can create a board with lots of great pins. Do you think that is still a wise move or do you want to stay really true to the niche of what you blog about, what your business about is about? And I ask this because I've recently been asked by several people who are in process of cleaning up their account and they're like, well, you know, in the beginning, people told me to have every kind of board. And so I guess I'm wondering, like, what's your thoughts on going wide as opposed to staying very niche when it comes to naming your boards and staying within your topic of what you run your business about? So I just want to understand uh, if I've got this correct. Um, yeah. So the question is basically um, when you say wide, so people might have like, let's let's take the topic of, of uh, a hairstyling blog. Um, but yes. they put like food recipes on there. Is that kind of, yeah, 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 that's a really, that's what I'm thinking. I get asked that quite a bit. You know, people are wondering, you know, do I need to have all these other boards that don't relate to what I'm doing? Because I, what I can see, I guess, uh, what in my head, what I'm thinking is that somebody might think, Oh, I can rank for all of these, um, interests and get more people maybe <clears throat> to follow me, but they're not necessarily the people who are interested in my business. I'm just trying to get more people following me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I understand. Yeah. Cause I think we've, we've had that dilemma before Kate, where we talk a lot about like followers versus engagement and yes. all that jazz. I, I, this is my take. I think if you go too wide, um, then it really doesn't serve the purpose of, of your audience. I think that it's, it's still, um, it's still important to kind of have something that's related. So again, if you're a hairstyling blog, um, I, I understand that again, food recipes might be tempting because there's a huge audience out there. But at the same time, what happens is that you are uh, number one, you're probably attracting the the wrong type of audience. And I think the other thing that I've seen a lot is that if if people do follow all your boards, if they don't engage with those pins anyways, um, so it's not the right audience. What happens over time is that your pins show up less on their feed anyway. So okay. so you might be tempted to say, oh, I have all these followers, 
but you should really take a look at your Pinterest analytics and see if the fault, like people are actually engaging with your profile. And that will actually say a lot. So if you notice that your follower growth is increasing, but the engagement levels on your profile are plateauing or they're not growing uh, at a good rate, then you know that uh, the strategy you've come up with, which is the wide one, isn't working. Right. Yes. So you, you want to take a look and... and t- to be honest, I, there's no right or wrong. It's just more, take a look right. at the analytics. The analytics will give you the solid answer. It's true. I fully agree with you. And I have, that's kind of my take as well, is I think there's this temptation sometimes to go super wide to get more followers. And I like what you said, that even though you had a small amount of followers, you saw a high amount of engagement. And to really focus back on that engagement piece instead of just the follower piece. So can we, in Pinterest analytics, do you dig into the interest section in there to figure out if there's engagement? I know, I think it's under, is it your profile or your audience? It's your audience. I think it's under your audience. Yeah. Um, to be honest, actually, I, I don't, um, I personally don't look, um, I mean, it gives me, I mean, again, it depends on how wide you're going. Uh, I think right. it's a great area to look for relevant topics so for example like what i found when we're looking at travel was we noticed that wow like people that like travel tend to like hiking a lot so we would kind of move towards like we would name a board not necessarily hiking i mean it was kind of on the list but we found that outdoor travel which is related Mm -hmm. to hiking had more of an appeal so so you, you again you can use the ones that are presented to you in in the analytics. I think those are great suggestions, but also take a look at other ones as well um, that might be relevant that may have more followers and more engagement. Um, the one thing I forgot to mention, Kate, is that you don't necessarily need to go through kind of like the three bar system and, and scan through all those tiles. Mm-hmm. Because okay. the truth is, um, oh God, this, this is probably going to be such an outdated reference uh, when this podcast is ten years oh, from now. But it's like, but it's like, po- it's like Pokemon Go, and you really have to yes. go search. Yeah, you really have to go oh, yeah. search and okay. find them all. Which, <laughs> yeah, which you have to go find them all. And what that means is that you should use www.pinterest.com/slash/explore/slash the name of a keyword. So it could be um, winter-travel. And you might discover interests there that way um, that you would not traditionally find through trying to look through like the category section uh, or even your analytics. So definitely if you suspect that, hey, I think that winter travel uh, or maybe it's just U.S. travel destinations or whatever it is, type those after Pinterest.com slash explore slash your keyword and you're going to discover more that way. So that's a good way to find them all um, and hopefully uh, Pokemon Go reference won't die 10 years from now. <laughs> No. And yeah, I'm clicking through it right now. And mine is um, Pinterest.com slash explore slash beach dash travel. Um, my other question about these interest speed is, do you know if they're chronological or are because I'm clicking on some of them and they all say they start, you know, the last pin was about eight days ago, but I can't see if there's anything that's been pinned super recent. So I'm curious if it's kind of following the same smart feed kind of shuffle or what you've seen? So what I've seen is, uh, so if, for those that may have attended social media marketing world presentation or, or um, have bought kind of the, the back end, um, at that time I told people that if you pin something, your, your pins would show up on the interest feed right away um, if, okay. if it worked. Um, that's no longer the case, I, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So what I have mm-hmm. noticed is that generally the pins will, will show up after 24 hours. 
However, um, so it is in a somewhat chronological order, but what I have noticed on, on the rare occasion is that if a pin happens to surge in activity all of a sudden, so let's say an influencer uh, decides to repin one of your pins from last year, and, yeah. it, and again, it's on the board that might be named Beach Travel, uh, then all of a sudden, it, its chances of showing up on the interest feed um, actually skyrocket. So, so surprisingly, it's not necessarily, I would say it's chronological in some ways, but in other ways, it really is about engagement where you're going to see some pins from like a year or two ago. It, it just means that it's been surged in popularity recently. Okay. Yeah. I have one about Japan, your favorite place, <laughs> and it has 54,000 um, repins and that's up towards the top mixed with a few other ones that have like 13 repins or four, anything like that. And I... I know, too, what we've seen lately with this whole aggregate pin total is kind of a lot of inconsistencies around. Like, some of our accounts have the aggregate pins, some don't. So, I know that's another hard way to tell as well. So, we are in this weird flux and shift, but I appreciate what you said about, you know, it's not necessarily chronological anymore, but it's kind of more, you know, popularity, if you will, up towards the top. Um, So... I have an interesting question about how do you have kind of a workflow when it comes to interests or a time where you always reference interests or maybe like a practical tip, like here's where I go right away when I do this. Yeah. So I think that uh, for people that are start, and this, this will work for people that are new or even experienced users that haven't had kind of like an interest workflow. Um, the very first thing that I do is uh, I will go to, the categories um, on the desktop and look through the relevant ones for for the the client that I'm working with or maybe again if you're a blogger for for your blog the second thing I do is then I will search through the tiles like you mentioned when you went to travel you saw like romantic travel and there's beach travel and there's others and I will click on the tiles and then kind of make a note to see which ones have I would say a good follower account but aren't overwhelming and so when I mean something that is overwhelming is that I think once you've seen uh, an interest with over 500,000 followers, then it's, it's probably, again, trying to compete with that is just too much. Okay. So I try to cancel those. Um, again, and don't dismiss the fact that maybe you see one that only has 10,000 followers or 11,000. Mm-hmm. That could be a good number because, again, it's a really good niche. Uh, mm-hmm. Once that's done, the next thing I'll do is then I will go back to the ones with I think are good follower accounts and then look through the, as I said, scroll down, look at the engagement because this is the key part. Is the engagement high on this particular interest feed? And if it is, that means that people are clicking on the pins on that interest feed and then therefore pins on that interest feed, interest feed are more likely to show up on a user's feed. So once I've discovered that, that's when I go into the next step, which is I'll create the board, um, name it after the interest, and that's when I do some testing. So I will literally try to pin, and I say, and I, I suggest that if you if you're new or even if it's just your stuff from a blog or your business, just to pin your own stuff first. Okay. Um, because I find that generally, and this isn't always the case, but generally when you're a new board has been created that's named after an interest feed, uh, there tends to be a preference to show that stuff first. So, so again, if you have four or five pins, pin them all at one go, because if you pin one at a time, your chances are a lot slimmer versus if you pin five at one time to start off, then at least maybe one of them are more likely to show up. Um, And so that's kind of the the workflow. And from there I monitor. So I'll go back to the interest feed, maybe about 24 hours later. 
uh, see if my pins have made it. Um, if it has, that's good news. Um, and then that means that's a board that you probably want to start pinning to on a consistent basis. Um, if okay. I notice that it's not gaining a lot of activity, I'll, I'll still give it a go. So I'll give it maybe a month or, or two just to try. Uh, and from that point on, I know, sorry, this is a little bit long. No, I love it. People like yeah. this kind of stuff. Uh, and so from that point on, what I'll do is this is when you want to use Tailwind. I know, uh, Kate, you've, you offered a Tailwind course recently, uh, is you want to go into a, an analytics tool like Tailwind and look at the activity um, from a board that you named after an interest. And if you notice that the that board is getting a lot of repins, so for example, when I was working on my own personal account, I noticed that. Um, the topic of outdoor travel, I would always seem to rank better and get better results by with the pins on outdoor travel than when I tried to rank for backpacking Europe. So after two, three months, I would try to go, okay, backpacking Europe isn't working for me. I'm limited on time. I need to focus more on outdoor travel and maybe a few other boards that are working great and focus on those instead. Uh, so go with the strengths, go with your analytics. And just because one user has strength in outdoor travel, like for example, I have strength in outdoor travel, doesn't mean that you as a travel blogger will have strength in outdoor travel, but you might have really good success with backpacking Europe. So it's 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 something I haven't figured out why exactly, but use your analytics to determine which boards are getting the most activity and try to use those uh, pin to those boards um, as often as, as necessary um, to try to keep showing up for the interest feed. That's so cool. I love that because I'm even looking at, I went even deeper into Oahu, Hawaii. And I love just the what you're saying here and how you can apply that into maybe you're a travel blogger that's gone a ton to Oahu, Hawaii. And that's what you need to name a board and you want to see how you rank. So Thanks so much for going through kind of your workflow there, because I know a lot of people are really trying to figure out how to really unlock the keys to search and showing up in the main home feed. Um, I did have one more question that I noticed on mine is it says it has a little clock and it says 23 minutes ago. Do you know if that's like when it was last shared, like someone shared to the interest feed or what that timing there is for? Uh, this is my understanding. Theori- and, and nobody quote me on this, but theoretically, okay. I believe that's... We're all guessing. Yeah. I, get were, I think theoretically, that's what they say. That's when the feed was last, like the interest feed was last updated, which has, I don't know, maybe to me, I, I don't know exactly what that means because I remember in the past, I would, like there'd be new pins that show up right away. And it would say yeah. last updated 48 minutes ago. And so, so, <laughs> okay. so what I found is that... Um, I think that what what it can gauge in a certain way is that it can tell you the the, the popularity of the interest feed in a certain way. Um, so I haven't found any interest feeds that said last updated like five weeks ago. It's not okay. like that. But I, I <laughs> but I do find that generally when it says last updated, um, it it's a little it's a small indication that it's a bit of a popular feed. Um, but the one thing I do want to mention, Kate, uh, is also that you mentioned Oahu, Hawaii. Again, it's a very good niche, but again. Because it could be too niche if it's like, again, yeah. so small. There was only like 6,000 followers or something like that. Yeah. It was tiny. It was tiny. And, but the thing is, make sure you take a look at the engagement. Um, mm-hmm. if, if it's tiny followers and very small engagement, like definitely do not go that way at all. But again, if it's tiny, it's 6,000. But like, wow, like people are getting like 10 or 12 or 14 and you're a new blogger. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely you want to name it Oahu Hawaii because you're going to see some success. You're not going to compete. It's golden. But but again, this is a... I'm, I have to tell people, I'm warning people, it takes a lot of due diligence, it takes a lot of patience, 
But the great thing is once you start showing up for interest feeds, you, you're going to keep showing up. And guess what? Those interest feeds never stop growing. That's the one thing I've noticed in the last two, like since they've started, they've always consistently grown. Um, mm-hmm. And I will tell you, they will always grow faster than most likely. And someone's probably going to say, no, that's not true. But most likely <laughs> it's going to grow faster than your follower yeah. growth. That, that I'm pretty sure. Yes. No, I agree with you, especially as I look at, at um, you know, Pinterest long term, especially when it comes to keyword strategy and um, their promoted pin platform. You know, I really think that this is going to play a really big role because it, it figures out what people like. You know, we're trying to figure out what they're pinning, what boards they're creating. And to remember, too, like you had said in the beginning, you know, you noticed that women were really on board with it and they were they were using it for personal uses and they were it was helping their everyday life. And I think that's always such a good sign of a good platform is when the general basic user loves using it and finds it relevant and helpful. And then the marketers come along later. Right. And that's what with Pinterest was very true is that they, you know, wanted to give people a tool and the interest I think feeds into that. Like how do we help people figure out what they love and what they want to see more of? And so I, they're just constantly refining it. So I love this and I really appreciate that you gave us the lowdown on interests and I have, I have some great things I'm going to try with board names. And I think for food bloggers in specific, it's really good for them to go look at all the different names of boards that people are choosing based on interests. Like I just looked at Italian foods and there's like 30,000 followers. Would you say that's a good number right there? Yeah, for sure. If again, if the engagement is if high and there is engagement. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I've, I've tested it out with travel and I've tested it with some other ones. Like I aren't even naming a board like uh, money saving tips. Um, okay. it's the thing is people need to keep in mind is that even like we're discussing as it, it's like this potentially this miracle. Um, I really want to kind of put it in context is that, <laughs> yes, is that no. interest is more, <laughs> yeah, but it's really what interest is, is more, it's more like we will, it helps you increase your chances of getting more engagement than if you did not do it. So if, like, as I said before, um, when I have a small follower count, my account might get one or two repins. But when you do name them after interest, like Italian food, which has 30,000, then instead of getting that one or two, we might be able to even boost it up to four or five, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you, okay. you know this, Kate, but when you're like pinning yeah. 10 to 12 pins a day and you keep exponentiating that, those four or five all of a sudden become like thousands. Yeah. So I, I want people to keep in mind that we're not trying to suggest it's a miracle, but we're suggesting no. it's great growth if it works. Exactly. No. And that's what I always tell people that I end up teaching is like you, I want to teach grounded, actionable tips. And I think what you're teaching here is super grounded, super actionable. And we're not promising the moon when it comes to Pinterest, that it really is a good strategy to try to put into your building of boards, especially because a lot of people, I mean, we clean up Pinterest accounts quite a bit. And one of the first things we do is look at board titles to see what, how can we rank for them? And this is a really good tool. So I really, really appreciate you sharing all of this, Vincent. You're welcome. So do you have any last minute tips for us? I, or do you feel like you covered I do actually. And uh, hopefully okay. this will be a good one as well. Um, if you ever do actually want to see how competitive uh, it is to, to kind of get your board um, or sorry, not your board, but your name, like your pins onto an interest feed, you can actually... Yeah. 
uh, I, I, this is good because I'm, I'm t- hopefully everybody finds this great, but you can go to the search function, go to the search function yeah. and you know, there's always a board function, right? Yeah. A board search. You can actually search, for example, like type in the word beach travel under board search and it will give you an idea of how many people are theoretically competing on that interest feed. So that's another, again, it really, it's a lot of research, a lot of patience. But uh, for example, like if you, if you named a board outdoor travel, I can't remember what it was, but I, re- I realized that actually not a, as many people name a board outdoor travel. It might be only 20 people or something like that. And that's, again, okay. that's another, for those that are really hardcore marketers, um, that'll give you an idea of like the competition on that board, um, which will g- give you a little bit of an idea that, okay, I can probably get my pins to show up on an interest speed a lot. Again, if there's not a lot of boards named after that specific interest. But again, that's like really detailed stuff. But it's another tip that I just want to top off with. Hey, we have a lot of people who listen who love to be detailed. And so I think what you're, they're going to geek out on it. So it's really good. We want to give those people something to really, you know, sink their teeth into. And that, that's just one of those things. So tell us a little bit about where people can find you. And you also have a course too, if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So if people want to find me, you can find me at my website, uh, which is www.mcngmarketing.com. And I've got a course uh, that will talk a little bit about interest as well. Uh, So it kind of shows you how um, I've been able to grow traffic with it. Uh, And you can find that at academy.mcngmarketing.com. That's where you'll find the course. Awesome. Well, thanks, Vincent, so much. I really appreciate that you came on today and shared all of this. And we look forward to putting into action the power of interest. Thanks, Kate. I walked away with some really actionable tips from this episode. I'm going to go through all of my boards. I'm going to look at my board titles and I'm going to see how they rank in the interest feed. I hope you can do the same so that you can start to rank higher for the categories that are within your niche so you can get really targeted visitors to your website. If you want screenshots, show notes, information about Vincent's course, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 18. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you'd leave a review in iTunes, I would be forever grateful. Mm-hmm.